0: Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1.
1: I mean, I don't know
0: if there is or not. I don't know. I, I never thought about it. You know, maybe I'm off, but I don't know. Nothing comes to the forefront of my mind. You don't call them sinners? I, I never thought about it, but I probably don't.
1: Give us some men who know the truth and who will declare the truth and who will declare from the housetops that the gospel is the power of God and unto salvation.
0: It's time for Wretched Radio. With Todd Friel.
1: And away we
0: go. It's the Wretched Radio Mail Call Delivery Bag Q&A Infotainment Nationwide Extravaganza featuring your voicemails, correspondences, communiques, dispatches, memorandums and missives. Any special message for all the kids watching at home? What we need right
1: now is a clear message to the people of this country. You have
0: 1,200 messages. That is a bit above average. Now here's your host, Todd Freakishly Tall Friel.
1: The mail is here! What's on your mind? Express yourself by sending questions, comments, conundrum, snarks to idea at wretched.org.
2: All right. You ready? That's it. That's it. Okay. Nothing.
1: Not going to say a word. Jumping right in. Yep. No. It's all yours. Okay. All right. Well, this comes from. But I could talk about this book we'd like to give to you. <laughs> you could. On Gospel Assurance. If you struggle with it, we would like to give it to you. Please make sure this is an issue for you. This is not just an indiscriminate book distribution program. We believe that Mike Abendroth has compiled devotionals from 31 dead guys that will bless your heart. And I don't mean that in a pejorative Southern kind of way. It will help you grow in assurance. If that describes you, we would love to give this to you. Yes, you had to pay for shipping, but we will send you the book. It's a 200-page beauty. It's called Gospel Assurance. You can get your copy at wretched.org assurance. And speaking of assurance, mm-hmm. there is a
2: question from Ari. That's the first question. He says, "Todd, why it seems that many good conservative pastors are quick to assure a person of their salvation mm-hmm. without probing deeper yeah. to see if there are legit reasons for their lack of assurance? Yeah. Would it not be better for us to present the gospel to them once again, take them through the law, cite their need for a savior, sure. without pressuring them, pressuring them just like you do when you evangelize? Sure,
1: I the, the, I think the teeter can totter both ways. You go. Oh, did you went to that event and you walked the out. You're good. Okay, hold the phone, Henrietta. On the other hand, now we don't want to turn it into an evangelical inquisition and where we we somehow become the one who determines the person's eternity. Now we want to help them. I think there's there's a whole lot of space in between there. If somebody's struggling with assurance, of course you should do that. But most people go, yeah, I I have repented and put my trust. Yeah, I see some fruit, but. And for whatever reason, they struggle with assurance. So, Ari, that is a good word. We shouldn't overlook that as a possibility. Somebody might be lacking assurance because they don't have it because they don't actually got it. They're not in the faith. So, yes, point taken. Having established that then I think that we need to pour into people so that they can know the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Just consider the assurance that Paul expressed in Romans chapter eight, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So let's not fall into one ditch or another, but let us not neglect. There are people who struggle, It is this is this is a pain to their soul. This is a daily, ongoing, I am living with a cloud that I've created over my head, and we need to dispel that, disperse that. We need to get rid of that cloud. And we believe this book, Gospel Assurance, available at wretched.org slash assurance, will help you.
2: All right. This is from Adam, who says, Todd... um our church, as many do, have a security team, a group of men who each take turns staying out of the service to keep an eye on the exterior doors and on the children's yeah. classes and generally lend an extra hand to whoever may need it during the service. Mm-hmm. Some of the men on the team are armed with legally concealed handguns. Yeah. What are your thoughts on carrying concealed weapons during the service? Carry
1: on. <laughs> and I don't mean a vulture. I, I don't think that there's anything sinful or wrong with it. it is become an increasing necessity in our current violent culture. And so I don't think there's any sin to that. The only, and this is slight, the the only encouragement that I would offer is just make sure that if you're on that team, you're not missing church every Sunday. That you're busy, you're looking, you're parking lot, all of that stuff, rock, rock, on. But just make sure that that doesn't become the pattern, because even as you're at church, you could be forsaking the assembling of the saints. That's true, by the way, with really every activity. We've got to watch that. And that is why more of us need to volunteer. You've got some people that have been faithful in the nursery for 20 years, and they're missing church too much. We we got to identify that and say, no, 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 nursery worker, you need to be the, in there Regularly, So we're going to figure out a way to rotate this thing so that we can be in fellowship together during the most important hour of the week. Unless, of course, you're Lutheran, then it would be the most important 40 minutes of the week. Of course, if you are in, uh, yes, I'll use the word, a black church, it's the most important six hours of the week. (laughs) I was just talking to a friend who grew up in a church like that. Wow. They just go on and on and on and on. I got to tell you, I love church but six hours. swing, scoop. Questions, comments, conundrum, snarks to idea at wretched.org. I could be hit by the whacker if yeah. I went to a church service like that. Do you remember the Puritans? Uh, no. There would be a guy, sort of like the security team, only uh, he would be an aggressor toward the congregation. He would have a stick, a long one, And he'd walk up and down the aisles, and if somebody had nodded off during the multiple-hour sermon, whack, to wake him up. I want
2: to do that. I want to volunteer for that role.
1: How many times do you think you'd have to use it at your church? Uh
2: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Be careful, because it— It could be a critique of Charlie, and you don't want to be (laughs) making a commentary. He's a good preacher. Idea on Wretched.org.
2: All right. This one's from Anonymous. Todd, how do we justify making use of good Bible commentaries if we're supposed to rely on the Spirit alone to teach us what we don't understand in Scripture?
1: Well, first of all, I think that I might disagree with the premise. I'm not sure where it says we're to rely on the Spirit alone. Where do I get that? Because we are told that an elder is to teach, exhort, rebuke. Okay, so that's not just reading the Bible and relying on the Spirit. Second, we want to be careful that we understand how the Spirit works when it comes to understanding the Bible. Let me say this up front. Yes, the Holy Spirit can illuminate you to the point of, oh, that's what that says. That is most certainly true. Furthermore, he has illuminated you for you to know that the word is true. But does the Holy Spirit tell you what that verse means every time? And I I think the answer to that is No, we're supposed to use our brains for that, and that means we are to study. That's what a pastor is supposed to do, study. Show yourself to be a workman who is approved. We're to engage with the text, to rightly cut the word of truth. So we can can rely on others, if you will, if you want to use that word. We can benefit from what they knew and understood, and we can ask the Holy Spirit, please help me to get, I want to get this right, so Lord, please help me, but... He wants us to engage. Christianity is a cognitive faith. It's not mystical. So don't expect that you're here. This is, this is outside of biblical support for what I'm saying. Why is it that we have good guys, really sound guys, that disagree on issues like baptism, pedo-baptism versus believer's baptism? Uh, These guys both have the Holy Spirit or both camps have the Holy Spirit. Why doesn't the Holy Spirit illuminate? Well, because he leaves it up to our brains to do that work. So pray, ask for his help, uh, but then go to work. And send questions, comments, conundrum snarks to idea at wretched.org.
2: All right. This one is from Becca. Todd, I have always felt uncomfortable with old churches that get converted into other things like bars and restaurants. Gotcha. Don't we all get bummed at that? Yeah, yeah. And I felt the same way. Uh, And Beck is wondering, um, is it really wrong from a biblical perspective to support restaurants in places like that?
1: Yeah, I feel that, but I don't think it's a sin. Any— Would you feel that it's wrong to go to a church that bought a secular building? You probably wouldn't give it second thought. Can we set buildings apart for holy holy service? Sure, I, I think you can do that. Uh, it doesn't have any mystical powers to it, but we're telling God this is the place where we're going to be doing this work and we dedicate it unto you. But that church goes out of business. No other church takes it over and they sell it. it, it it's not like it's a sanctified piece of land that you are violating or transgressing by participating and now having a hamburger french fries and a coke if that's what you have questions comments conundrums snark you okay with that answer jimmy Uh, yeah
2: i am i am there's
1: nothing i mean it's it's now it's just a building that's all so whatever use it has go ahead and enjoy it and by the way um if you're able to go to a restaurant these days congratulations and good on you wow the prices of oh yeah there's there's a place that we went to best tense, that we went to because it was reasonably priced. It was a treat, but it was reasonably priced. And you're done, and it was like, ah, I'm satisfied. Now they've upped the prices 40%, and the food has shrunk. One or the other, restaurateur, Whoa. you can pick more expensive prices, or you can shrink the product, but you can't do both. Thank you for listening. <laughs> the prices these days which is why this might be a blessing for you gospel assurance our gift to you if you struggle with assurance if you don't don't but if you do avail yourself of this resource wretched.org slash assurance this is wretched radio Just because Roe v. Wade is overturned, that does not mean the battle for life is over. Would you please consider supporting Reborn Ministries, providing ultrasounds that genuinely save lives.
0: That ultrasound changed everything for me. It really did. That made it all worthwhile to know that I was gonna have a little blessing and when she got here. It was just, oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: another woman who chooses life because she saw an ultrasound her life and obviously her baby's life changed
0: when i heard her heartbeat i decided to keep her and now my daughter's about to be three i don't know where my life would be
1: without her the war for life continues to rage would you please engage in the battle and support pre-born centers at prebornorg org slash wretched slash wretched
2: there's a reason we talk so much about biblical counseling around here. It's because it works. Transformed, our biblical counseling series, hosted by Dr. Greg Gifford and Dale Johnson, is returning for season number two. As a matter of fact, it is on sale right now, and Transformed season two will demonstrate powerfully, I might add, that the Bible has solutions for our emotional problems. Doctors Johnson and Gifford don't merely teach biblical counseling, they show biblical Counseling in action. In Season 2, you'll meet Christians that are struggling with the same things that likely you are PTSD, anger issues, assurance, depression, discontentment, ADHD, abuse, anxiety, self pity, and you'll see with your own eyes that the Bible is sufficient for all life, godliness, and emotional challenges. Transform Season 2. It's on sale right now at transformed.org. That's transformed.org
1: for your consideration not one but two ways that you could strengthen the local global church the master's academy international training men in los angeles who then return to their home countries and open up many seminaries to train pastors in their native land that strengthens the local church but there's another way you can do just that We are partnering with the Masters Academy International to send Bibles to the Philippines. Not just any Bible, MacArthur Study Bibles to believers in TMAI-trained churches. These efforts strengthen the local church. Would you please consider how many Bibles you might send, how many seminaries? you might support overseas. To learn more, visit wretched.org slash pastor, or if you like the Bible-sending idea, wretched.org slash Bible. Names of God.
0: We learn a lot about God from the names given to him in scripture. One name is El Roi, the God who sees. God is ultimately aware and concerned for us. Nothing escapes his vision. For the unsaved, this is a great terror. But for those who are in Christ, this is a great comfort. This is Wretched Radio with
1: Todd Friel. Eureka! Methinks I found one. This is Wretched Radio, hoping you will send pretty much whatever you think is wretched, to idea at wretched.org. Jimmy, before we jump into your mailbag, I received an email. I researched it a little bit. It appears to be sound and above board. I didn't do exhaustive research, but Caleb sent me an email. Todd, recently our church has been singing worship songs by City Alight, A-L-I-G-H-T. A group based out of St. Paul's Castle Hill in Sydney, Australia. This is an Anglican church that it appears to be sound on their website. You know, like the Anglican church used to be before the 21st century enlightened them. The group stands in stark contrast to most modern worship music. The lyrics are rich, deep, and rightly focused. Melodies that are simple and hymn-like. encouraging congregational participation. So if you've been looking for more modern songs that have been written recently, I I can't tell you everything about it. I can't tell you it's wrong. I'm just telling you. You'll have to be discerning for yourself. But it looks like City Alight would be a good resource. They were at the Getty Sing Conference in Nashville. That's a good sign also. I went and listened to some of their stuff. They're right. It's very, very sound city alight. Please send stuff like that or whatever you want to idea at wretched.org. All
2: right. This one comes from Trisha, tied with Valentine's Day approaching, approaching. How should we as Christians view it? The holiday itself doesn't seem biblical or or unbiblical. So should Christians celebrate it?
1: Up to you. You can, you can. you yes, no. Now, here's what would be in this is I think that if we ever let ourselves off the hook of having our pores receive the, the worldview that just constantly is, is trying to seep into our system. Uh, just think about the national holidays that we celebrate in church. Why, why, would we, why, do, why do we celebrate Mother's Day? If if it isn't a national holiday, we don't bring it in. Now I'm not saying it's necessarily a sin to do that. I'm just saying it is a demonstration that we have a tendency to follow what the world is doing and feel that pressure. Valentine's Day, Mount a church. You knock yourself out if you want to give away a rose or whatever it is, box of chocolates, whatever you think is appropriate. But I do think we do well to ask the question: Why are we doing this? Why are we doing what the world does? We're the Church, they should be following our lead and influence and not vice-versa. Otherwise, happy Valentine's Day. Idea at Wretched.org. All right. This is from
2: Matt. Todd, I have a coworker who's trying to reason our modern-day student loan forgiveness uh, with what happened in Leviticus 25, year of Jubilee.
1: Jimmy, different, different email. My Old Testament. Unhitched. It's, uh, <laughs> Just move along. Let's not make life hard or something. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so Leviticus 25, Leviticus 25. justifies a, a national debt forgiveness program. Right, right. No, it doesn't. And here's why Leviticus 25, personal interaction. That it, these are deals that have been cut, arrangements that have been made. And it was a seven-year plan and a 50-year jubilee where debt forgiveness took place between individuals or land was returned between individuals. That means the individual who had to do the returning had received some benefit from the exchange or the transaction. This was, this was God's way of making sure that families stayed strong in Israel. It's really a, really a cool concept. Of course it is. It's his. But it's a really powerful way to keep families and nations intact and strong. But that's not the same as a nationally mm, determined by the government that everybody's debt is going to be forgiven, but just these people and everybody's going to pay for it. That's a government ruling. This was an interpersonal exchange agreement. So I don't think that we can use Leviticus 25 to say, yes, everybody should be paying for some people's education. The State of the Union Address, I'm sorry, the State of the Union Address, was. it it focused a little bit about... You know, ticket fees, the important things in life. We got a white balloon hanging over the nation, but we talked about ticket fees. The subject of education came up and our president said, if we're going to compete in the world, hey, 12 years, it ain't enough. And we should provide free education. Now, if we as a society make a social compact to say, yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. But what I didn't like about that concept is that we don't need everybody to be college educated. There's jobs that require a different skill set and this persistent pressure that people feel, I've got to go to college. I've got to go to university. I've got to get a diploma. You can if you want to, but you don't have to. There's other jobs. <laughs> we have an HVAC situation here at the ministry. I was just talking to one of the HVAC guys, and I said, hey, how are things? And he was like, huh, Great. Busier than ever, making more money than ever. They are. HVAC guys. Now, I know, sadly, our culture and apparently our president look down on such blue-collar tasks because that's what it was. You've got to have a white-collar job and you've therefore got to have a university degree. Hey, 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 what about the blue-collar workers you claim to represent? Those jobs are important and these days, those jobs do really, really well, so... If you're not built for university, I, I, I would encourage you to resist the pressure to get forced into that box, but then apply yourself. Figure out a way that you can contribute to your society and make a living for your family and contribute to your local church with the way that God has gifted you That that and pursue that heartily. Not lazily, but heartily, with dignity, because you're working and you're using your hands, which I got to tell you is a lot closer to the biblical work that is prescribed, rather than, and I'm not saying this pejoratively, the paper pushing that we do these days. Well, we used to labor because we were built for physical work. And there is no shame in that, despite what our president yelled. Please send. Whatever to idea at wretched all
2: right, this is from david who uh, who asks uh, Todd how does a parent communicate to their children that their marriage is the most important relationship they have outside of Christ you know what
1: I'm really glad you brought that up because somebody said that and and they i I think their their accusation is accurate was talking about the relationship between parents and married kids and i I was just alluding to Ephesians four you put off put on that that is a different context. I was just using the phrase to say that when a couple the young couple gets married and they live in the same house like the the mother and father with the with the two kids now the in law daughter or son in law that 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 little unit right there that that's now their primary concern, even if they live with their parents, why Because they've covenanted together. They've left father and mother. Even if they didn't move out of the house, they stayed in the house like a lot of cultures do. They're the primary relationship. They're the one. Go to Genesis where you're going to find some answers, as much as that pains me to admit. Because, well, not that Ken Ham listens. But, you know, what, Jimmy, today, Ken Ham and I are very, very similar. How similar are you? Well, I didn't grow a beard, but my lower back... (laughs) Oh, oh, and apparently Ken Hamst, I I get it on occasion. This morning I was deadlifting about 400 pounds, so it's under... No, actually, I was just putting something into the garbage can, and I threw my back out. Apparently, Ken has struggled with his lower back for years, and he still continues to travel and sit in those cramped seats and cars and trains and planes and automobiles. He's got lower back problems, and yet what a faithful warrior that he has been. Jimmy, was the question about backs? Uh, No, it was not. (laughs) It was about parents and kids. If your parents are in your home, you're the primary relationship because the answer in Genesis states that you've left father and mother. In other words, that relationship is now a secondary relationship. Your primary relationship is husband and wife because you're in a one-flesh union with them that is even closer than your relationship with your parents. Idea at wretched.org.
2: All right, this one is from Robert, who says, Todd, I am 16 years old. How do I go about evangelizing to older older folks while remaining respectful and still trying to convict them of their sin? but keep ba- keeping boundaries of respect and showing honor.
1: Jamie, can I just have a moment? A 16-year-old who wants to evangelize older folks, can we just enjoy this for a second? Okay, I'm done. Do it respectfully. That's all. Let the law convict. Don't accuse, ask questions. Be Socratic or comfort-like. Have you ever done this? Have you done that? Can you tell me what it means to be born again? Would that describe you? What is your definition of repentance and faith? Have you done that? If you are loving them, if your motivation is to love them because you're concerned about them, that will be communicated without saying a word. Okay, you're going to be saying words, but the point is they're going to feel that from you. If you're petulant, if it's like, all right, I know some stuff, and I've been watching you, and, well, it's nobody likes that. You wouldn't like that if an elder did that to you. So simply do it respectfully and let the Bible do the heavy lifting. This is Wretched Radio.
2: This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. The State House in Wyoming has approved the Life is a Human Right Act, which is House Bill 152, which will ban abortions should state courts ultimately overturn the current abortion ban. Wyoming was supposed to be one of the many states that had trigger laws go into effect once Roe versus Wade was overturned, but a state judge blocked the trigger law from taking effect. Well, the Smithsonian Museum has apologized to a group of Catholic students and their chaperones for reportedly asking the group to leave the National Air and Space Museum because they were wearing blue caps with pro-life messages embroidered on them. The apology comes after the American Center for Law and Justice filed a federal lawsuit against the museum last week on behalf of nine students and three parents very soon, as soon as today, a district judge could issue a ruling that potentially blocks the use of the abortion medication Mipristone across the entire United States. In November of last year, the Alliance Defending Freedom filed a lawsuit against the FDA on behalf of four national medical associations and several doctors, alleging that the agency chose politics over science and approved the chemical abortion drugs for use in the U.S. An interesting story from East Hanover, New Jersey, reports that the mayor and all four members of the township council have switched from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party. Mayor Joseph Panullo, in a statement, said that the party flip in the township of about 11,000 people will be the best move to represent the constituents deriding what he called the nastiness on social media that further drives a wedge between voters. A Christian school in Missouri that provides tuition-free education will soon be closing its doors, reportedly due to a sharp decline in funding from local churches after the school altered its mission statement to affirm the, quote, holiness of the LGBT community. Well, millions of people watching the Super Bowl this Sunday will be witness to the ad campaign He Gets Us, who reportedly is spending about $100 million on two ads in the Super Bowl. One of the ads highlights the humanity of Jesus, showing how he, quote, was a refugee. Hmm. So earlier this week, a teacher was caught on camera proclaiming that her or his, I'm not real sure, and that's not a slight, it's just admitting that I'm not sure, but the teacher proclaimed that he encourages his students to pledge allegiance to the so-called progress pride flag instead of the american flag now a point of clarification the students do say the american pledge of allegiance but they don't hold their hand over their heart and face the american flag as a matter of fact the american flag is not even hanging in the classroom of this teacher instead this quote progress pride flag is the only flag hanging so they say the american pledge of allegiance toward this pride flag Yeah, that's a teacher, an alleged teacher, who has been giving the power to mold and shape the minds of our young people. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks.
0: Important dates in Christian history. 1095. Pope Urban II launches the First Crusade to reclaim Jerusalem from Muslim control. The crowd wildly shouts, God wills it. There would be several crusades over the next centuries, with many tragic results and consequences lasting for centuries. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
1: Oh boy.
2: This is Wretched
1: Radio, and that is the toll free number, which means. It's free, which means as an evangelical, you must take advantage of it and call with questions, comments, conundrums, snarks to one Hey, Brother Phil, you briefly mentioned theonomy. Now, I'm not a theonomist, but what's your opinion on the very, very, very loose kinds of theonomy? The stuff like you kill somebody, like the pre-Mosaic law in Genesis says, a man droves another man, his blood shall be required of him. So when you talk about legislating first tablet stuff, what would be more of your opinion on putting the biblical
2: punishment, yes, Old Testament on the modern crimes, so death penalty for adultery, like in the old testament
1: that's actually that's two major thoughts to that very thoughtful one eight seven seven two eight two beep phone call. What do we do with the laws that are outside of the Mosaic laws? Well, I think what it tells us is that if God prescribed the death penalty in Genesis chapter nine for people who commit murder, if we also see inside of the Levitical laws that you will suffer, you will pay your life if you have taken another life, because life is so precious. And if you fast forward to the New Testament, Romans 13, it's very clear the government has God's permission to bear the sword. It is a sword of execution. And so whether it is in the Mosaic a covenant or not, I think the biblical principle is the death penalty is good and it is right, and it can be appropriate and it is the government alone that should be the one who bears the sword. Now the question is how do I communicate that to my government that that's 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 really more what we're debating these days when it comes to the issue of theonomy there's a harder version, a softer version which incidentally, right now there are so many versions of our understanding of church and state, as hard as it is, and believe me, I feel the struggle Let's let's be patient with one another as everybody is getting this stuff sorted out. And let's remember this is a tertiary issue. That's right. I'm making this a tertiary issue in my mind. Not even secondary. Certainly not essential. This is relationship between church and state. How do we communicate this to the government? Hey, God prescribes the death penalty for this. I, I think we tell them that. Hey, life is precious. And if somebody takes a life, their life should be taken as a payment to demonstrate that life is so precious. And a person who willingly does something that evil, they do not belong in a community, and the community will be corrupted and not safe because of it, they should be put to death. Now, I do believe that it should be done as... Um, painlessly as possible we this isn't retribution like well you you punched him in the eye before you stabbed him in the heart. We're gonna do the same to you no i I think it should be as quick and as efficient as possible, but that is what God prescribes, and you should be reading God's word to understand that you You have the responsibility to bear the sword to keep us safe from evil people. Please bear the sword. Repent of not taking it out of its sheath. That's our message to the government. And and, and I think that's the voice that we, we speak, a prophetic voice to the government. Anything that goes beyond that, I think, is to blur lines of jurisdictional authority. The conversation on this subject will continue, but I will say this over the course of the last week. I've heard from a number of pastors who are saying, um, it's it's uh, getting a little hard in our church. This is a passionate subject, and we have got people all over the board. You put me on the board, too. Of course, I think my position is totally right because... Pfft. I always do, but we've got to recognize there is just, and we're sorting this, and we're thinking this through, and these things take time, and they need to be considered and studied, and yes, we can debate them even publicly, lovingly, but please, if you've got a strong opinion about this, be slow to go after your pastor. Please, you can bring it up to him, but please don't come after him with both barrels loaded. Hey, how come you don't ever preach on this? Hey, you've got to, you're being winning. The reason this country is slip sliding away like this is because you and pastors like you don't Uh, 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 preach. Pastors are feeling that pressure right now. Pastor, you're going to have to deal with this. You're going to have to sort it. You're going to have to take a position and lead your people. And incidentally, I heard two sermons in this last week that did just that. They were magnificent. They were magnificent. Tonally, content-wise, without going totally down this rabbit hole, this is, I think, an opportunity for us to ask a slightly different question than what is the relationship between church and state. I I think what what I need to be asking myself is, what does Jesus call me to? It's a bigger question. What is this Christian faith? Got to be careful with how to present this. But salvation is free, but Jesus' demands are not easy. That does not mean how we follow him earns salvation. No, we follow him because he earns salvation for us. But what did he say? You got to put your hand on the plow. Let the dead bury their own dead. Your love for your family, like hatred compared to your love for me. Whoa. He calls me to sacrifice, to die with him. That's the Christian, that's that's normative for us because that's what this thing is. No, we don't become reckless. No, we don't go into monasteries, but we have to recognize this Christian faith says we're not of this world either. We're, we're a member of his kingdom. It's a spiritual kingdom. We're a member of the kingdom of God's people. We are the church that he is building. Uh, Am I willing to live by that, prioritize by that, and die by that? That's where we're at, in my opinion. 1-877-282. Mr. Creel, I have a question. My
2: brother says that he is saved, but there are no fruits of him being
1: saved or of him following Christ. Is it true that once saved, you are always saved? Yes. (laughs) my favorite verse for the there are many verses for this but i just love the emphatic pounding in Romans 8 38 and 39 what can separate you from the love of God nothing height depth etc 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 get it. nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus so if you are amongst us you will not depart from us you won't be a Christian and then not be a Christian so what would I say to somebody like this okay It is good that we examine ourselves on occasion, so let's start with your testimony. Explain the gospel to me. Tell me about how you got saved. What do you think God commands for salvation? And listen to what they, there could be a fault right there. I personally, I think that that is a reason most of the kids these days and adults deconstruct it's, it's almost always, in my opinion, a gospel issue. Yeah, there's other stuff. They see the hypocrisy, but most of them don't fully grasp the law and the gospel, their own depravity, the holiness of God, what Jesus did for us on the cross, and that we were humbled by that, and we responded in repentance and faith, which both of which are a gift from God, two sides of the same coin. I would start with that and then say, well, let's just talk about fruit do you do anything that you didn't used to do? Do you have you stopped doing some things that you used to do? But then I think one of the most helpful questions for that person is okay. You say there's no fruit and that you don't believe in Jesus. Okay. How would you feel if I said then just be done with it. Just jettison Jesus. Just walk away and just go live. How would you respond? And if they go was that what you really think I should do? I would really be concerned, but if they go, "What? Well, no, wait a second! I can't do that." Ah, now we're getting warmer. Because remember, it's want to be careful with this. There should be some fruit, and frequently there is, but it's it's not about the fruit as much as it is the desire for the fruit. It is not about uh, our our measure. Of devotion or love for the Lord, but our desire for devotion and love are a much better indicator. In other words, our affections have been changed. And if you struggle with this, I think one of the most helpful exercises that you can do is ask yourself the question What would you do without Jesus? Would life change in any significant way? Would you be fine going out and doing whatever it is that you want to do, living licentiously? Would you sleep well at night? Would you have purpose? Would you have peace? Would you have any joy? And if you go, ah, no, that thought is, no, no, I would say to you, great. Then let's keep diving into the Bible. Let's keep focusing on Jesus. Let's keep growing in our understanding of what he did for us, how we are to live in response to that good news. But to remember, we are to live by faith, not by faithfulness. Incidentally, if you struggle with this subject, and many do, Gospel Assurance, a 31-day guide to assurance. Mike Abendroth compiled this beautiful, helpful devotional book that will help you sort through and gain assurance. Wretched.org/assurance. Our gift to you. This is Wretched Radio. Cool. Very cool. The Tomorrow Clubs now have 106 clubs in romania this year marks the celebration of the 25th anniversary of our ministry but also it is a very important milestone for tomorrow Clubs romania now tomorrow Clubs romania has 106 love. that means 106 villages are hearing the gospel proclaimed to the kids who get saved they bring the gospel home parents get saved and local churches get strengthened Would you please consider supporting the Tomorrow Clubs? Not only do they have hundreds of clubs in Romania, Ukraine, Russia, Albania, all over Eastern Europe, and now in Africa. Would you please consider what might you do to bring the gospel to both Africa and Eastern Europe? TomorrowClubs.org slash Wretched.
2: Hey, thank you so much for joining us on Wretched Radio today. And don't forget to mark it in your calendar to look for, on Saturdays, the brand new Transform podcast hosted by Dr. Greg Gifford. You can hear it at transform.org slash podcast or anywhere podcasts are heard. And the Transform podcast, Dr. Gifford takes a more in-depth approach to explaining issues that we're all facing and dealing with. What to do when you feel stuck? How are we to control our tongue and communicate with one another? These are things that dr gifford teaches in depth on the transform podcast and you can hear new episodes saturday mornings at transform.org slash podcast or again anywhere podcasts are heard and it's all made possible by the support of our gospel partners just like every resource that we're able to provide here at gospel partners media and if you're not already a gospel partner can i urge you to head over to wretched.org slash donate to get the answers that you're likely looking for wretched Amazing grace, amazing gospel.
1: Yes, you want to save money because after all, you're a Christian and that's what we want to do, save money, but never at the expense of our family's health and peace of mind should a family member fall ill. That is why I'd like to commend you MediShare, the gold standard of healthcare sharing. You will save on average $500 per month as a family. How much will you save? It takes two minutes, 844-34-BIBLE. And if you think this isn't very good, you get free telehealth services with MediShare, a huge network of doctors with MediShare and great customer support. And fellow Christians will pray for you. MediShare, 400,000 members strong. Peace of mind and savings. Simply call 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE.
0: Know your church fathers. Gregory of Nazianzus was the bishop of Constantinople in the 4th century. He wrote important works on the Trinity and the person of Christ. Gregory described the relationship between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and taught that Jesus is fully God and fully man. His arguments are still in use today. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Making Oh, boys.
2: You know you love, you love. Straight from the big guy. We know just what he'd say. Like, do oh, maybe come down there. So then we put it on the freeway. Two, three, four.
0: Everybody, look
1: up. This is Wretched Radio. I'm your Beatmaster host. Beatmaster? Hipmeister. Whatever the kids say these days about being groovy, 1 877 282 beep if you drive by a church sign and think it's wretched. Church sign. Everything has gone up in price except salvation. It is still a free gift, paid in full by Jesus. I don't know that I could argue with that. It's a current reference. It doesn't undermine it. It it doesn't, it's not cheeky. I think that was groovy. Jimmy, do you affirm that one? I do. I do. (laughs) It happens so rarely. (laughs) Be careful with it. What was the one about the toast and, uh, oh, Jesus is the bread of life. If you don't believe in him, you're toast. Yeah. Okay. I like the message, but you kind of, I think, diminish the impact you're trying to make by making it kind of punny or a joke. I like signs of judgment. Probably not exclusively, but there's nothing wrong with those. There's nothing wrong with the good news. Just don't diminish it by dopiness. sure prayer will take you places that your feet can't I really wasn't paying attention to what he said after (laughs) the the extended note prayer will take you places your feet can't right right. I don't get it
2: (laughs) that's the point
1: I think I don't get it what do you mean prayer will take you places your feet (sighs) man How's about a Bible verse? Uh, the prayer of a righteous man avails much. Okay. Church, dying if the Apostle Paul could see the state of the church in America today, we would be getting a letter. Uh, actually, you know what? I would change that to John. Think the letters to the seven churches in Revelation. Zoinks, Scoob. Ask yourself this. Here's, here's something you can do. This is now this is you're looking for a way to make sure that you stay engaged in your Bible reading. I don't have a problem with things like this. I, I, I don't think that this means, oh, this is this, you're just using this because you struggle to stay really diligent. I think it's acknowledging sometimes we struggle. Sometimes life, it does unfortunately get in the way of stuff. And you're trying to be faithful and you read your Bible, but you're kind of straining. Do stuff that that is that that makes it helpful for you, that engages you in it. So historically, I think we even did a video about this. Just, you know, what is what is what are you trying to learn today? What is your need today? Go study that. Grab a concordance. You probably have at least a limited one in the back of your Bible. You're angry, go look up anger. Read all the verses on anger. Use the cross-reference verses. Study, study, study on that subject because you need that. Or you're sad, go look for all of the verses that are related and all the synonyms to see how God's people deal with sorrow so that you can have models and sorrow likewise. Use the Bible for something. Not just, it. I got to read it, I got to read it. If, if, if that's If that's your attack on it, It's going to get harder and harder to read the thing. So here's something you could also do. Make it an interesting study. So you've got the seven letters in the book of Revelation. What does that have to do with you? The answer is, actually, it has a lot to do with you because you are in a church. And the epistles and the book of Revelation, they were written to the church that means there's a really usually very direct and clear application for you however your church or the church in america might not look exactly like the church in smyrna uh, the church in laodicea the church in ephesus but read through those letters the warnings to those seven churches and ask yourself the question is my church guilty of anything do we need to make a correction Does the church, which, which one of these churches or which one of these admonitions to these churches is an admonition that the American church needs today? And then you're, you're doing what you're thinking about your own church. You're thinking about Jesus' words to the church, how he wants them to behave, how he wants them to believe. And then you can apply it to your own church. And you're, you're, you're engaging with that bad boy, Please figure out a way to read your Bible in such a way that it it does something for you. And if I could, this is related, somewhat tangential. Pastor, oh, please, please make sure that your sermons have a goal. Now, you can figure out what that goal is. I would suggest at least it should be on a list. There's probably not just a goal. But, But does your sermon help us love Jesus more? Okay, I want to learn stuff. I'm keen on Greek words. I that's that's great. Let's let's do a Greek word study. In fact, our pastor he re- it, yeah, he did a bunch of grammar last Sunday. What day is it? Who am I? Why am I here? There it, it was, it was a t- but it wasn't just here's the grammar, here's the Greek tense, here's what Paul was saying with the it was Peter actually. But it was, here's the word. Now, now you, you, the, the word order of this is important and understanding that the English translation doesn't reflect the verbal nature of the original Greek. So we need to understand, I think we talked about this here on Wretched. Love is not just a concept, it's an action. It's a doing thing. Went to 1 Corinthians 13, 1 Peter 1, that we love one another actively, so I'm, I'm down with learning grammar, but it should be toward an end. And if it's just, I really opened up that text. I re- Wow, did we parse that text out? Okay, I say good job, but not a completed job. What's the point of this knowledge? If it doesn't grow me in my love for Jesus, if it doesn't encourage hurting saints, if it doesn't bind up the wounds of the broken-hearted, if it doesn't rejoice with those who are rejoicing, uh, well, thanks for the teaching, but that wasn't preaching. Make sure your Bible reading and your preaching move you and engage you and grow you. One eight seven seven two eight two. Hey, Mr. Sorry,
2: Mr.
0: Jerry oh, forgot his
1: name. I uh, have a church sign for you, or at least a Christian sign on the side of a car. It says, Jesus let his hair
2: down to uh, hegetsus.com.
1: Yeah, that he gets us business. You can look forward to seeing two of their commercials. I think they're spending, if I read this right, Jimmy, I don't know if you use this as a news story, that he gets us folks are airing two Super Bowl commercials about why we should have an open border. Mm-hmm. Because he gets us a billion dollars. They're spending a billion dollars. Wow. Calling themselves, they they don't want to be identified. So be it. I appreciate anonymity. I mean, they're calling themselves conservative Christians, but all of these "he gets us" commercials. It's like, what what are you saying there? What are you what are you really trying to communicate? Because it feels a lot less about Jesus and a lot more about a liberal progressive agenda. If you watch this, who's the halftime entertainment at the Super Bowl this year? Oh, I don't remember. Um, we go right. ahead, go mm-hmm. ahead. You, you'll 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 find it. I'm sure it's somebody phenomenal and wholesome.
2: Church time. Fellowship Baptist Church. That's it. That's about <laughs> it.
1: Okay, minimalistic but accurate. Church sign, be mine, God. Oh, it's a Valentine sign for God. Unfortunately, there's too many churches that preach like Jesus is our boyfriend. I wish they'd love me. I wish they'd send me some chocolate. I wish they'd send me an overpriced Hallmark card. Jimmy, who's the halftime entertainment? Rihanna. (sighs) You know, there's less sand on the top of the hourglass when you have no idea who the halftime <laughs> entertainment is at the Super Bowl. That's all I'm saying.
2: Church time? Do you want to build an ark with all of this rain?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just pointless. I don't get it. Yeah. Do you want to build an ark with all of this rain? Yeah. Okay. Okay, perhaps hypercritical, but it's a spiritual gift of mine, and I like to exercise it on occasion. If the church doesn't have something more important to talk about than the weather, I mean, that is like the least common denominator, which is why we talk about it in elevators. Ah, pretty gloomy day today, huh, Sam? Or hey, complete stranger. Oh, that humidity, huh? That's like the lowest form. Don't we have more to say to the world? And I've got to tell you, the sermons that dumb things down so that the world thinks that we're, you know, worldly, which you know we're so often commanded to be just like the world in the Bible. I think it's a misread of the room. They They don't want a TED talk. They get them better lit on the YouTube machine. They don't want what they can get everywhere else. They want, do you got something bigger? doesn't mean you need to speak so high that they have no idea what you're talking about but shouldn't we offer something that's different than i don't know the super bowl entertainment halftime show with the rhine river who is it rihanna that too until tomorrow Hmm. i don't even know who's playing in the game go serve your king